1: of subconscious realms i'm your host general lee and for tonight we are lucky enough to have the opportunity in having a guest who unleashes unleash mind-blowing knowledge on a series he works on with our new york patriots and um, if you haven't listened to those episodes or you really got to check them out on youtube uh, not only that he is an artist who creates uh, truly staggering illustrations uh, ladies and gentlemen please welcome the extraordinary robbie Marks. Uh, now then robbie
0: hey how you doing lee i'm okay mate you okay nice yeah doing good having a great morning man
1: oh good good um thank you very much for, for coming on yeah um, i mean like i said those episodes on your patriots podcast oh man <laughs>
0: yeah thanks oh man. they're
1: incredible um it really it, was
0: it's fun dancing around in some of that material man
1: yeah yeah um, yeah and so, um, was so many possibilities, so many perspectives. Yeah. And it's nice to see something like like such a, a different angle, like, like the way you came, is it? Um and the, the knowledge you unleashed was it it really was extraordinary.
0: Nice, nice. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man.
1: Yes, mate, yes, mate. So um, so what are you thinking? What what um, I know like you discussed uh, like Nimrod uh, yeah. with New York Patriot. I've been doing a series on Ariman. Uh, Done one to one one part. We've got another one coming up. Mm -hmm. Do you know any uh, knowledge on Ariman.
0: Ariman. Um, Arimand within the uh, the
1: um, Zoro. Yes, it's
0: Zoroastrianism. Yeah, yeah. Um, I dug deep on Zoroastrian. Basically, when you go back and you look at Zoroaster, um, some of the stories of his birth, as far as... um, it's very much echoes um like nimrod trying to um kill abraham when he was born um as well as like king herod seeking the messiah um but basically there was this uh high level wizard that was trying to essentially kill nimrod in the womb and um doing magical um you know exhortations to to try to facilitate his end and i remember at one point um nimrod or not nimrod but uh but uh Zoroaster um he wakes up in his mother's womb well, you know and basically is communicating with his mother telepathically and um he's like you know basically um talking about that everything is going to be okay um, because there's like a huge storm and thunder and lightning and this wizards after him and um he uh projects a vision of of a pyramid into her head and he's coming down the pyramid and he has like the scroll in one hand which is like prophecy and yeah. i can't remember what he had in the other hand um but he's like basically prophesizing this coming age of of you know bringing the higher realm into reality and um there there's stories about when he was a little boy um that uh that this wizard came with some uh some milk i think it was ox milk and he knocked the wizard's bowl of milk over and um the wizard threw the evil eye on him and um basically um so like projected back um an even more powerful um you know a uh, thought projection and that wizard like died on the spot and um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and, and supposedly every uh everyone in that wizard's family that that rode by that place, if they crossed that particular spot, um, his lineage would also immediately die on that spot. You know. Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. Think,
1: that's, do you think that's uh where the, the, the term the evil eye uh, comes from?
0: Yeah, I, I, as far back as I've looked, um the probably the Zoroastrian stuff. Um was the earliest stuff that I probably saw the evil eye, but the evil eye is the circumpunct, you know, um, which is that dot with the circle around it, you know yeah, yeah. and and that's essentially the circle is is the uh, waters of the abyss or the chaos. It's like the shadows that swim in the deep that were basically behind all of creation bringing forth and manifesting right and then that dot that dot in the middle is basically the first thought that that projected out of the abyss that that created all of what reality is or some people call it you know um the light of lucifer or it's the one in the zero. Yeah, or it's the one and the zero, um, which are essentially the generative force, like the 10. Because when you get to the 10, you begin the cycle over. And that one and the zero is also of the phallus and the the, uh, vagina. So it's the idea of generation and bringing creation into force, you know. Um, Right, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, as far as, and then when you look at uh, Zoroastrianism, um as far as their their rituals um zoroaster was the first that um brought about the idea of a beginning of time and an end times of judgment as far as you know the the cycles of the heaven bringing it you know and that idea of ascension essentially um and when when they would you know pass or when they would die in zoroastrianism um they had like basically these towers where they would take the dead well initially it was in the wilds and and they would tie up the bones with um or uh, they would leave the body out to be bleached by the sun and the vultures would pick at it right and then once it got down they would take and condense the bones and wrap it up with hair Um, but as it progressed they developed these towers um, where essentially um, it had like circles in in the tower where the inner circle would be where the children would be laid out to dry and to to pass and and then the next layer would be the uh, women and then the outer layer would be the men and basically these were like towers of silence you know where they would uh yeah where basically the soul was allowed to transition into the next realm you know um and then um like Zoroaster was also the first one that came up with the ideas of uh, of like guardian angels. And like basically everyone had their own individual angel or their own individual star realistically, because when you look at the link, um, a lot of what they're talking about is the link between the heavens and how that, you know, the whole as above, so below and how that manifests in the earthly realm. And like how Plato talks about the the idea of the universal in the heavens has to exist before it can manifest on earth you know so it it's kind of like that all carries over and echoes into you know this thought philosophy that was evolving through Zervanism or zoroastrianism you know yeah. yeah
1: so do you know do you know what makes it all well i don't say much fascinate me you know I mean? <laughs> mm. but uh, that's why i love everything about it it's just there's that many possibilities and that many um, stories that's yeah. the law. Just yeah. I mean I mean everything about it. I mean like skinwalkers, for example. Yeah. The the old law around skinwalkers, I think because there's not much information out there, I think to me that's what makes it more fascinating. Yeah. Because yeah. there's something like mysterious about it that, that's attached yeah, yeah. to a skinwalker. Right. Um, right. Gene do, do you know of any skinwalker um uh, Origins, other than the broad uh, perspective.
0: Well, the the book that I've just finished, um, it basically goes into the whole um, philosophy or mythos that um, when the heavenly couple, the first uh, couple, you know, was projected into the realm of matter, um, that Adam, basically, when he died, his skin was preserved as uh, a sort of a necromantic ritual garment and um there's different stories when you trace it um from like the uh, theosophists and madame blavatsky talks about it oh um, right right yeah yeah and that would be if you want to find that that's in isis unveiled volume one uh, but she basically talks about how it was handed down um through the well i guess it was uh, ham which in you know biblical stories and the old stories of the rabbis he's a bit of a mischievous character um because when uh noah or noah um depending on which culture you look at you know that goes into india and into china and we have many uh noah stories around the whole globe about this giant flood and uh in some of the old rabbi's stories um it was said that um that ham um he essentially um there was it was there was to be no copulation on the ark um but he had brought on a pre ademic woman um and basically and and had children which became the canaanites that's one of the canaanite stories um Ah. yeah there's another one where essentially ham Um, At when Noah had planted a vineyard and basically had had already been in the process of making wine, that Ham, along with Shem and um, uh, Japheth, had come in and um, Noah, because of what was going on with the uh, with the Canaanites um, or with the the Hamites of the time, which would be the Ethiopians, um, he was concerned and he got drunk and passed out and um his it it says his nakedness was exposed Um, yeah i think
1: i've heard about this yeah yeah, i've heard about this one yeah yeah
0: and that generally generally relates to the idea that um ham had slept with his mother and that was the other yeah and that was the other story of how the canaanites were born right and these canaanites you know um when you look at them um they were in Cana. Um, which was essentially Ethiopia. And you go back into the Greeks, and they basically say, you know, when you think of Ethiopia, don't let the moderns make you think about Ethiopia as what it is in modern times. Um, because Ethiopia at that time, they literally controlled all of that, that area of Africa into Asia. You know, so it was That's like huge, huge, area, huge. And um, yeah. it was basically ruled over by um cush who was nimrod the elder and um but this this skin of adam passed down into this this line of these canaanites and it was uh passed to uh nimrod or young ninus who was nimrod the younger um and there was a transition there when the tower of babel fell that basically nimrod the elder was said to have been struck down and some stories stories tell that he fled but nonetheless, that skin was handed down to Nimrod the younger, and it was said that at the age of twenty-two he put it on and became Nimrod the Great, which is who we see in the Bible, and he's yeah. basically ruling over all of Mesopotamia, you know, the lands of Shinar, you know, all the Tiger, Tigris and Euphrates, like basically all of uh, of uh, Cana and and. Uh, um, You know, into uh, early uh, Sumeria, and uh, even down, we even find stories of of uh, what was his name there in uh, Greece um, at Crete Um, when the Egyptians came down into Crete and took over. um, Basically, the uh, I think it was. king namar that uh basically was the ruler over crete of that time. i'll have to look that up for sure but uh nonetheless it kind of gets into the labyrinth of crete and that being used as a necropolis and the care for the dead and basically some of the uh cannibalistic rituals you know that were going on were said to also have carried you know as far as when you get into king minos and the white bull you know that and the the invention of uh uh, Daedalus being the labyrinth and, and the whole Minotaur in the center of the labyrinth that was, you know, eating the children. It gets into all that. Yeah, um, But it's funny because um, once he put that skin on was when he became, you know, at the age of 22, the number of the master builder, he puts that on and becomes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Well, and, and then, you know, you can follow that. But now in the Bible, it says that it was passed down through the line of Shem. You know, which when you get into Egyptian mythology, you and, you know, Nimrod relating to Osiris and Shem relating to Set and the whole idea of the uh, the labyrinthian ritual initiations of the early, you know, mystery schools um, and a lot of what was going on as far as Shem coming in and cutting up Nimrod uh, or cutting up Osiris, Set cut up Nimrod in the exact same manner, you know. Um, which also Esau, um, in the Bible was said to have cut off Nimrod's head as well, which at one, at that point, I believe, um, they talk about, uh, Esau taking the garment and bringing it into the right. house of Isaac for the Abrahamic. Would blessing. that, would that be
1: the garment be the skin of Adam?
0: Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. So that's the earliest reference that I kind of well. And the thing is, I've been reading these ancient texts, um, you know, for like thirty years, thirty plus years, and it's a long um, time, bait. yeah. And I would basically read books while we were traveling on the road, and then when when I was at home, I would just sit and listen to books. So kind of just assimilating all this information, you know. After and you slowly and and I I found this thread um in these texts of this the skin of of um you know adam and and i just found it very kind of peculiar so i kind of started going through and i guess it was probably four years ago i started taking notes on what i was reading after like you know um after many years and i built a database digitally where i can go in and i categorize it by estimated year um the subject matter and then things that tie to it so i can well, you've go got all
1: this like already set up like uh, in a in a like database. for example like a spreadsheet
0: yeah so well not that. a spreadsheet oh, wow, man. yeah I what, just like in that it. format well it's it's just in image files all right okay uh, and That's i label brilliant. them and then i can go into the search bar and i can just type <laughs> you know even type a syllable and you'll start to see how things are interrelated or you can type a year and you can see, you know, how Alexander the Great right. and the Druids yeah. were, were precipitating at the same time. You start to make different connections. And it's like um, I brought this up on New York Patriot, but in one of the Philip K Dick books um, where they're on a moon of Mars, like as minors, um, it's illegal to have a holographic copy of the Bible um essentially because you can take that um text and you can tilt it at different angles and you start to see new histories arise you know and and i think that in a similar manner with what we're doing with technology now that we have a lot of these capabilities at our hands if we use it in the appropriate manner true true um, yeah
1: this the the, it's much in the mood Mentioned the what, what the, the moon what was it, the moon of mars did you say that
0: you oh that yeah that was in a philip k dick book
1: philip k dick
0: yeah if you haven't gotten into if, if you haven't read any philip k dick man um he's a very interesting science fiction author that's um, ah, right okay yeah yeah and if you i would say if you're gonna read anything um read valis would be the the place because that's kind of his the culmination of of all his processes and what what kind of became of it oh what's he calling it dallas V A L I S. V A L I S. v-a-l-i-s and and his his exegesis will will blow your mind man it's it's, it's wild stuff yeah right right. yeah but so Um, now Uh, well go ahead go ahead it's
1: okay it's okay i've got an offer anyway so i'll ask you shortly
0: yeah so well now when you get into that whole thing with uh with set and osiris as far as the the killing of osiris and cutting osiris up into the 14 pieces and um that 14th piece was essentially thrown in like all the body parts were scattered and um isis ended up having to go out and reassemble these body parts um but the phallus was thrown into the water and eaten by a fish which new york pointed out interestingly that i'd never thought of was that that's is that symbolic of the idea of the fish of christianity coming well, yeah, gobbling up the old religion you know hey eh? you I know as is, far uh,
1: as i think it is a it's a good. Analogy, yeah, 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 for sure.
0: Yeah, um, but but you know, and it's like when you see this this side this phallus of Osiris being the obelisk, you know, um, you can just trace that into the modern personifications around the world. You know, as far as Washington D.C. has the <laughs> yeah. tallest, but, and that's the tallest freestanding, um, no mortar structure on the planet. The one in Washington D.C. Yeah, right?
1: that's crazy. That, it's so that is just. It's yeah based like, is that just like basically like a freestanding uh, yes, sort it,
0: of it's held together with gravity only Wow. Oh. yeah so it's just well, wow. yeah yeah and man that 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 um obelisk in Washington DC it has stone they have uh one of the stones is from the great pyramid they have stones from south america they have a stone from the vatican they have like all these stones from all you know um in the, I, the mon- washington dc monuments in the washington dc monument yeah i
1: did not know that mate i yeah,
0: know. when they built it they basically incorporated all these stones from all over the world into it and so um the way it's built there's stairs that you can actually go that you could go down if they would let you um i have i have asked and they they would not let me um but uh it's uh it's interesting that as you go down the steps you see all these stones from all over the world That are embedded into the Washington Monument, right? And um if you if anybody that's listening ever gets out there, when you're on the elevator and they know they don't normally do it, but if you ask them, they will, um, to turn the light on. Um basically it illuminates the window in the elevator, and you as you go up and down, you can see a lot of the stones that they that they incorporated into the structure itself, you know. That is yeah. brilliant and fascinating at the same time and, right well and also there's legend be told that there's a masonic bible um that supposedly is bound in a red thread that is uh that is hidden in one of the stones um that are there um Aiderschle. yeah yeah wow. um that's a old that's a masonic legend um but uh i, w- I you know and and knowing a lot of what you know went on with early masonry um i i wouldn't doubt it you know um yeah 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 yeah, but also because of the fact that it's the largest standing um you know um, like uh masonic structure um that's just you know based on gravity um it it produces so much piezoelectricity that they basically had to ground it out so there's a manhole cover um, and you can ask the park rangers there if they'll show it to you and they'll pull the manhole cover off for you um but basically there's a a a smaller black obelisk that is occulted or hidden under the ground in dc that basically assimilates the piezoelectricity back into the earth because otherwise i think you would start having um lightning flashes um, hitting the top of it with frequency
1: you know yeah yeah i've seen i went to i've been to uh america twice we went went to new york in 2021, i think it was or 2020 2020 it was yeah Uh, just just before the pandemic i think we got back two days after we got back and they cancelled our flights i wish they cancelled them when we was there (laughs) yeah Yeah. that would have been good but we went to uh florida yeah, it was when my daughter was a toddler. And Lord we went to the, the water parks, yeah, they had like uh like the obelisk stuck up and it was for uh for like if there was a lightning storm or any mm. storm, so it was like attract. Yeah. But you know what I mean, do you know what I mean? I think they were called something. Is it something to do with storms? I forget yeah. what it's called now.
0: Right. Well is
1: it's mean, that the same idea?
0: um I, yeah maybe maybe right, um right. i know that here um in new england they put what they call lightning balls on top of uh the corners of how a lot of the old house. you don't see it that much anymore yeah. but if you drive around they have these rods that are like lightning rods and they put a glass ball like wrapped in the uh on the rod and if those if those get enough energy into them or if they get struck by lightning um those balls will actually um capture the plasma and it will glow inside that ball for a little while you know yeah Yeah, have you
1: ever seen have you ever seen seen any of the the balls when they generated that electricity
0: yeah i was down in (laughs) arkansas man and we went out to this place that was known for ball lightning. And so we went out on these railroad tracks. It was like two or three in the morning. And um we saw off in the distance um this bright white blue light. And it would cut co- they it would just basically ride the railroad tracks and it would come down to you know, and then it would just disappear. And yeah. you know, um, we saw two of those. Um, but we were out there, man. And we started to hear a lot of wildcats like roaring um some sort of mountain lions or something in Mountains the area. Lions.
1: Oh, but yes.
0: so we kind of like got out of there and went and did some, but i did see some some ball lightning like uh, off in the distance a little ways you know which was very and i guess out at mount shasta they see ball lightning frequently um mount shasta. I've, been, I've been wanting to get out there yeah that's in california um there's a lot of uh aerial phenomena from they say that the mountain opens up and ufos come in and out of mount shasta out in california seriously yeah yeah, yeah, oh. yeah mount shasta has got some pretty wild mount stories shasta. associated with it um but yeah yeah the the whole energy thing man as far as you know um i don't know you get the look at tesla and how they essentially yeah. you know jp morgan was like if we can't put a meter on it you know knock it into the into the hudson river it's like <laughs> i i just think there's so many um other ways of potentially hard i mean i i almost you know look at the earth as like a giant dynamo as like the motor itself and if we just had the the means to facilitate you know we could all have pretty much free unlimited energy if the if you know it's uh and I, I just think that there's so many more. Po- and what was it? At one point, the Navy um, actually announced that they had uh, perfected fusion, and then that whole storyline went dark. You know? Yeah. Um, really? yeah. yeah. So it's I it's think, interesting. Yeah, well, I think you Texas are right. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Go. <laughs> well, no, I was on about uh, energy.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's that's the
1: whole thing. It is. We could have free energy
0: yeah i think we could i think we could um and i think to a great extent um even possibly the the pyramids themselves you know especially when you look at like the pyramid of the vulture um down in south america how um they found under the pyramid in one of the subterranean chambers um a a a sarcophagus filled with red mercury you know and and the only way yeah the only way you can get red mercury is from a lightning strike as far as enough power or from uh nuclear fusion so you know in a lot of ways i think that these pyramids um may have been used to call down lightning you know um and and that that, makes sense you know yeah because a lot and then it dissipates into the the uh you know like a lot of times you have water running under them in different places so i think they were they had ways to dissipate that energy but at the same time they were using it to facilitate um certain alchemical processes you know um and and with with the red mercury do you know about the uh indian vedas and how they talk about the Vamanas, the flying ships um so yeah, some people even associate them with flying cities. Um, but basically, in the Vimanas, it talks about taking red mercury, um, which back to the the pyramids and the lightning, right? Um, but taking this red mercury and essentially putting it in two different chambers where you spin it in different directions electrically, and that would create a zero gravity field that they could use to facilitate levitation. Now, now.
1: With you saying that and just recently previously mentioning mm. uh, flying possible cities or crafts of some sort it, that that to me that's a bit of a connection
0: i think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know well I, so I don't think
1: there's any other way about it, it it's, yeah
0: um... <laughs>
1: you know <laughs> this is anyway. brilliant
0: that's the whole idea of you know well and it's like we talked about you know before we got on the idea of you know 10,000 hours to master something so if you're you study information long enough and you start to um build a holographic model of what reality is in your mind i think yeah. at a, at a certain point you start to naturally see coincidences and make connections and like yeah. build a schema,ta as far as what life is, you know, um, yeah. or or appears to be, um, you know. I mean, matter itself, you know, what are the fundamental, you know, the fundamental building blocks of matter? There's more empty space than there is physical space, you know so so at what point are we just manifesting the idea of what creation is and and it's very much like what the media did during the last couple of years with creating a common um personification of the idea of what reality was through mass media and and the technocracy uh um, very orwellian you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah wow that's yeah. brilliant that mate. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so now I was going to say back to Zoroaster, right? Um, and lightning um, itself, right? Um, Zoroaster um, was known to call down lightning from the heavens. And, and that was one of the uh, ritual functions of, of kind of one of the... And at the end of his life, um, he actually prayed um, to be taken. Um, and he said that by his death... Um, He would it would essentially ensure um, the continuation of um, the civilization and that philosophy and and he didn't want people to preserve his body or his bones. Um, He wanted them to preserve his ashes because he was essentially struck down by lightning and very much it it gets into a similar um, story as far as how Enoch was translated into the heavens you know and and very much like uh, nimrod the uh, the elder or nimrod the lesser who was cush um when he was building the tower of babel and the hand of god or the sword of god came down and basically struck down the tower um very much is you know so we see this idea of lightning you know coming down and and in some symbolic ways, how it represents the transition between realms, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead.
1: Like, I think, it, regardless of whichever civilization, mm. I've said this a few times, there's just so many similarities. Mm. It, to me, where did all the stories come from? They must it. There must be one original story that predates, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it.
0: Right? Do, well, do, do you know what that if, is? If you go back, you know, I mean, we go back and we have the, the tales of the fall of Atlantis, and, you know, even before yes. that, you know, the Maria and Moo. And, but, but you get into Atlantis and, um, and you look at the Bible. Um, and how they talk about how essentially you know um, man, the form of man kind of you know fell into creation um, through that that um, that luciferic um, intercession within the garden as far as the enlightenment of man and giving us the knowledge of what per, the perception of what good and evil is. Um, and, and you follow that up and it's, it's so during, if you, if you get into Genesis during the days of Jared, um, was when the, you know, the, the fallen angels basically fell. Um, and, you know, dimensionally, I think it's more dimensional factor of, of entering from one realm into another, um, maybe a higher energetic form into a more, um, grounded, um, more dense form of matter, which is where we are now, um, and essentially um, during the days of Jared, those those entities can't, you know, and we have it in the Greek uh, mythologies, you know, as far as Kronos um, you know, yeah. and breeding with the, the women and the idea of Saturn, you know, punishing him and putting him into the center of the earth in the black cube. And we have, you know, so the titomancy, mancy um, and that ties into the Scythians and, and that ties into what the, the Sumerians, you just see yeah. this mythos everywhere. Um, but I think it goes back um most feasibly um to that ancient atlanta because the more i dug into the fallen angels the more i realized that they were essentially the ancient atlanteans you know what i mean
1: that is very very
0: cool that's
1: it i've never had that those two that's uh yeah
0: and and they were essentially breeding with the earth women and creating this race of these giants or and in whether this now you know whether this be you know they talk in terms of physical giants and and i do you know there's enough stories in the ancient texts to facilitate the idea that there were eight to twelve foot men you know and we still have you know characters being born in modern time, like the current tallest man, and we have, you know, like Andre the Giant, the wrestler, you know, um yeah. he would drink he would drink gallons of beer, you know. Oh so, yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, we <laughs> see even these stories in modern times. So it's totally feasible to have these characters through history. But yeah. or if we're talking about mental giants as far as as people that were almost savant in the and and you know they talk about the you know in the book of enoch when those fallen angels were called out um one of the things that it all entailed or regarded was that those um those fallen ones had peered into the mysteries and brought the the sacred knowledge of the mysteries to mankind you know so it's that idea of you know prometheus and bringing the fire of the gods to facilitate you know the the minds of men um it gets into um you know and when you look at those those fallen ones and what they brought within the book of enoch you know you had like uh penemu who brought like all the um the fragrances and all the um, miscellaneous, you know. And there was there was one that that taught men how to use pigments and pen and ink. And there was one that taught writing. Uh, no, it was Penimue who taught all strokes of death and how to kill infants in the womb. Because well, wow. and, yeah. What was his name? What was his again? Okay, yeah, yeah. And this is in the Book of Enoch. You know. So if anybody wants to check that out. Um, but the thing was, there was a, there's a whole philosophy when you get into the early Christian writers, um, as far as some of the saints and some of the, um, miscellaneous historians, um, and they talk about the idea that, um, one of the reasons that these fallen ones had come down into matter was essentially to stop the, um, generation in matter because we were facilitating like a blasphemy on a higher um level right, right right so basically the creation of matter itself was looked at as you know and and drawing those you know those etheric souls from the higher realms and you know plunging them into matter you know almost and it gets into you know alex jones and prison planet and the idea that we're kind of locked in this Cyclic, you know, kind of like the Indian philosophy and the ideas of reincarnation, how we're like these eternal souls that that have come down and gotten locked into this cycle, you know, and and I think that when you trace that through Zoroaster, you know, and all the Jewish rabbis um, and all the Jewish histories that I read, basically you know, they they basically relate uh, Judaism back to Zoroaster you know um and and when you follow um the iberu as far as those without footing you know and and you you follow them into egypt and um essentially there's uh thomas mann wrote you know joseph into egypt i think that there's there's a whole storyline where essentially um this this uh this line of abraham Um, these shepherd kings basically came into Egypt and, and, you know, um, and if you read the Bible and as far as Joseph, um, when Joseph interpreted, uh, the Pharaoh's dream, you know, about the seven years of feast and the seven years of famine, um, back to the seven, seven, um, (laughs) essentially, yeah, the, the Pharaoh made him, made Joseph his right hand man you know and and i think that that very much ties into the story of uh, setos or set uh, even earlier because i think when you, saying, yeah. yeah when you get into these stories and like you were saying how it, we see so many echoes happening you know yeah um that i think that that in in a lot of cases stories were made to emulate the other stories as far as creating almost like a power tulpa or right, you know right um to facilitate some sort of power that whoever that that group or that person was trying to bring in, you know, as far as manifest, you know. Yeah. Um, but hey, you, but go ahead. Sorry,
1: sorry to interrupt Matt. Just just to only a quick one. Do you think that uh, the, the stories like you saying out how, how the um like like sort of like echo the other stories so, so to speak. Do you think these are early forms of manipulation i do yeah
0: yeah and and um i think when you look at so after the noah's ark story when um when cush basically goes into ethiopia and sets up ethiopia right um his son ham um or is it ham to cush it's ham to cush. Ham sets up Ethiopia. Um, but Ham also brought into Ethiopia the worship of the gods. and he facilitated the uh, the practice and the ritual and the sacrifice. And if you go into the Greek writers, um, they they talk about how um, the stories of the region basically tell that the Ethiopians, you know, were a happy and beautiful people until, gotcha. Um, These gods were basically set up and facilitated, and and the rich the ritual practices were brought into being, you know. Well, so, go
1: ahead. No, no, I was just saying, is do you think that that's why everything changed after the this um, Alham brought the worship of gods into it? it
0: it's yeah,
1: changed them for these well, gods.
0: He basically brought these. Well, in the, you know, it gets into the idea of Feronius who was the bringer, you know, the bringer of fire, who's related to Nimrod, who's related to Cush as well. Um, but he was Theronius, did you say that, mate? yeah, yeah. Feroldius. And And so you figure after the great flood or the deluge or, you know, this last great earth cataclysm um, that, you know, and we have uh, stories of, like, the different tribes that had fled. And in the southwest here, we have the Anastasi Indians at... at uh, mesa verde um which you know they told yeah they told that they basically fled you know during this last catastrophe and they ended up on top of this giant mesa that it's you know mesa means table so they were basically right. they had qu- cliff dwellings and they would farm on top of the mesa and that, because they were afraid of um the flood you know and then that's oh, always that, is-
1: is there the ones that looks like a similar area to grand canyon and he's sort of in the, yes. the walls of is that the place yeah
0: yeah yeah and i actually yeah, went that's... out there man um oh, really we tried, yeah we hired a ranger man oh, and man. actually scaled some cliffs and went down into these um cliff cliff cities and i got to actually uh you know walk in the the archaeological area and i got to crawl through one of the structures and inside of the structure, man, they had a scene painted with um, figures, and it was like a desert kind of sand color, and they had used like an ochre or a red pigment, and they had painted like a landscape with red pyramids, man, you know, so Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to see Pelli's house. Um, I hiked out to some ancient petroglyphs in the region um but but that's the whole thing is these people like during this time after this earth cataclysm they had basically you know gone out to find places to survive you know um and and i think that after that you have several areas where these remaining um atlanteans basically um kind of resettled um how we have like the irish legends of you know them bringing the um what this the you know the the mystery ship coming on in floating on the clouds um that talks about they brought the um the cauldron that was never empty um a sword that would fight battles for you, these were the hyperboreans, you know um yeah. and and basically these were the foundational elements of what the tarot deck kind of came out of right and And these were kind of the redhead um you know um, hyperboreans that that had come down, and eventually you know we see that them spreading into Egypt and becoming some of the Pharaohs at one point, you know um is that
1: what these be the towatha day
0: Correct correct but which I, I, which uh inspired the titomancy of the Greeks as well, you know um but but nonetheless um th- so and then we have Barrosus that talks about um getting all the information from the sea demons and putting all that information into two pillars you know and Mm. one was brick and one was carved or chiseled stone so that they would neither sink nor burn right and basically they set them up on bedrock um, (laughs) um the city of the sun I want to say it was like called ciceros I, I can't remember the name of the city but after the flood was over they went back and they basically got this information out of these pillars and you know and then it says then babylon was was rebuilt and inhabited yeah, yeah. and you know and they worshiped in babylon once again so i think some well but that's the whole thing with with seth and sethos um and these okay. wandering well okay so that would be one tribe coming from uh from ireland right um and then you have the bearded figures going down to south america as far as uh uh um what's it what's his name there give me a second i'll think of it um but he basically rides on a boat of snakes and he has a white like robe with a long Uh, veracocha, veracocha. (laughs) Right. Uh, And and he went down to South America and basically taught them how to build temples. And, you know, and then you have the uh, from around Lake Van, which is where they have found the earliest vineyards. So some people associate this with the actual, you know, landing place of Noah, um, because it's also close to uh, Mount Ararat, where where there's a lot of legends as far as the ark itself. Um, But. So so this would be the line that basically came down from Lake Van um, and into, um, uh, what is it, the, uh, the I, and I think they tie in with the Scythians, essentially, yeah. um, and the steppe people. And that migration across that came down into Mesopotamia and went over into Egypt. Um, but these um, were, as far as Seth, they were the um the uh the tribal um herdsmen of you know that basically had the um goats and and the sheep and yeah. you know and we, and this relates to the story of seth in the bible as far as seth coming in and stopping osiris um but but uh um he comes in and essentially stops the the uh the mystery um initiations and the the blood magic that was going and it was uh what was his name cato the palestinian uh he was a historian he basically says uh you know and after after set came in and chopped up osiris that the altars smoked with blood no more you know in
1: in interesting very interesting
0: yeah and and i think it was at that point that these mystery cults kind of went underground as far as hiding, you know, hiding out at persecution of death of, of Seth. Um, yeah. and it, but it was this Sethos that was actually said to have built the pyramids and the Sphinx.
1: Well, So, I mean, I, I've, I've been thought of for, for a while now, like pyramids, the Egyptian pyramids. I, I just believe that they were the, before the Egyptians. I don't oh. know why. Mm. Uh, yeah, I it, that I've not well. got. Yeah, I've not got a solid, a solid, yeah. uh, you know, uh, explanation yeah. to it.
0: Just well, I I think that at you know, because when you talk, when you get into Atlantis and you go back to the, uh, you know, the circular city, and a lot of people tie that in with the Azor Islands um, in that region, as far as um, you know, uh, the potential of of a sinking place. Yeah um but when you get into atlantis and they talk about the ring cities and there was you know essentially a pyramid and then smaller and each one of these ring cities represented a planetary body you know and so you had basically the oracles of all these different planetary elements you know that were the uh the transitory stars that were looked at as the angels right um and And I think that that I think that when you look at uh, the the history of the the megalithic monuments, that the oldest ones are the most precise you know yeah. so uh, so I think that that may be where we're talking about this ancient cyclopean culture um that is the remnant remains of this fallen civilization that was that was you know trying to rebuild what what they had lost and i think as time went on you had people coming and emulating those processes but never able to perfect them yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. um i recently watched a documentary uh with regards to Atlantis. Um mm. and I forget the, the bloke's name he was on with his uh, what's the word? Mm. I forget the word. I can't get the word his no, right the he's theory on where he thinks it is. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. I'm
1: sure it was somewhere in late like around the somewhere around the Florida area or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um,
1: yeah yeah i'm not sure Um, how how accurate he is like but
0: yeah yeah well and that's the whole thing you know um what was it that oak island up there you know um the people tie that i've heard people tie that to atlantis i've heard people tie that to the templars like so many people have so many different opinions on so many different things it's you know and we all kind of put our own semblance of you know, within our own logical process of what we think is feasible together, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that facilitates also the idea that everyone who studies history um kind of is is um changing ah. history in a way. Yeah. You know I because think you've got to be skeptical. Oh yeah.
1: hundred percent the pos- the possibilities Robert of that many different uh because that many different options. Yeah. But what do you go with? I mean, yeah. for me, I, I just love all, like, the the lore, like, the mythos. Yeah. I love everything, like, all the different pantheons. They're just, uh, they're all fascinating. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and that's, uh, I was really getting into the whole Scythian thing. Um, as far as, you know, they were shepherds and they you know, uh, basically use the moon for all the, the herding process and, um, and when they would move as far as seasonally. Um, and when they came into Egypt, the Egyptians were using the sun and there was actually talk of them coming in and merging the two calendars, you know? Um, so, so, and I think, you know, when you look at calendars in general, I think this is a form of manipulation as well, you know? um granted we need to know growing seasons and probably the most accurate calendar that we still have to date would be like the mayan calendar you know which is a moon based calendar um but but it's just interesting how you know we have um the the jews have their own calendar we have the the current calendar you know that we're under we have you know all and and at certain points of time even with the caesars it was said that they would basically put a new calendar in to align the holidays in an appropriate manner so that they could bring a certain sect into their control, you know? It's like it's
1: almost uh, ritualistic in it, you know? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. But that's the whole thing is, you know, when you look at the merging of the sun and the moon being an alchemical function, you know, you're basically creating the prima materia, which gives you the the base element to bring in whatever creation you want yeah. you know as far as yeah yeah so it is crazy, man, isn't it? yeah well and then you get into saturn you know and chronos as far as time itself and and have you know we have all these different time lords you know that are yeah. that are kind of interceding and and determining planting and harvest times like metaphorically as far as being birthed and and when you die you know yeah yeah. and and it's just uh yeah it's pretty wild well and then zervon you know who was a he i believe he was a uh a offshoot of zoroastrianism that was considered as heretical right um but zervon basically um, he would, he rose above time and basically, you know, shook off the frost of what crystals that, that crystallized as far as what time was and ascended all time space, you know, beyond, beyond time and matter, you know, and that became a heretical kind of, I think, because maybe Zervon became his own God in a sense, yeah. whereas instead of seeing a higher, you know, um, manifestation of of the idea of, of that singularity that is, you know, um, uh, you know, nirvana or or is yeah. uh, the Kether of the Hebrew tree of life or is, you know, it's it's this idea that we almost come out of that and it back to that circumpunct. You know that 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 dot in the middle that comes out is the manifest creation.
1: What we're on about at the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's (laughs) it's what we all came from, and in a lot of these philosophies, it's what we will all return into and become one with again. You know,
1: I've got uh, I've got one thing. I want to ask you what tell me what you think about this. Right, With me looking into Arima. Yeah. um, Now. You, this might sound silly, but I'm getting uh, Mithras, but mm-hmm. I'm also getting Soroth, some demon.
0: Um, yeah, sorath
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, any of those at uh, uh, law?
0: Well, now, when you get into theosophy um, and the works of uh, uh, the different theosophists, um, like if you get into Rudolf Steiner.
1: Rudolf <inaudible> uh, Steiner.
0: Yeah, he talks about um, the sun demon um, being one of because uh, the the Christ or the Christ figure that ascends to the planet Earth is essentially a a sun spirit that that is a sin you know and and with steiner and a lot of this theosophy um which is really luciferic philosophy um lucifer being seen as the light bringer as the teacher Um, or christ would that be christ as well some people do attribute it with christ yes um but i think when you get into the idea of um the you know the good like how a lot of people say lucifer and christ were brothers um, I almost think that maybe um, within the Theosophist philosophy, that the Christ or Christ or Jesus was the positive aspect of the Sun, whereas whereas uh, what's what's the uh, the Sun Sorry name? No, oh, no, no. Sora. Sora, yeah. Um, that he is essentially the negative aspect of the Sun you know, and, and Steiner talks about people that get caught up into black magic. Um, they are essentially caught in between those horns. They are the fire in between. And when you go back into the ancient philosophies, um, they thought that the, the demons would hang out in between the horns of the, of the animals and they would actually run them through. And then when you get into like the balder worship coming out of, you know, Germany and, and, uh, bavaria and um, the uh bohemians um they would essentially set up two bonfires and run the animals between the bonfires to basically you know burn the demons out so the animals wouldn't have demons on them you know that's not cruel that's not cruel is it (laughs) well and it i yeah i think it was more um ritual function yeah Um, yeah. um, and i don't think the animals necessarily got hurt um, but I've had to be pre- some pretty intense heat, man. You
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how, how you just mentioned horns, then, Robert? Do you think this is why, um, like, such as Satan or the devil, uh, so to mm. speak, mm. uh, are depicted with like satire, satyr? Uh, you know, like a, a like a goat god, because goats have got horns, aren't they? Right, or, right. Or would it would it be a, a crown? of like royalty
0: yeah and you go back and and there's a whole philosophy of during the time of virgo or the virgin that that was when kind of reality was created and then you have the time of the plowing of the field which, you know, Adam was the first tiller of the field, which is where the word husband comes from. Um, But essentially um, that was during, so you basically go through these different phases, you know, so during the time that the land was tilled, that was the time of the bull. And then when the walled cities came about and warring started to take on an aspect, that would be the time of the ram or the, you know, the Aries or the war God, right? Um, But essentially during the time of the bull, they wore bull horns as a crown, and during the time of the ram, you see the ram horn, the ram horns being brought like, yeah, as, yeah, yeah, as yeah, the yeah, crown yeah, yeah. of like the the higher druids or the magi. You know,
1: yeah, that um, that, that makes sense. That now.
0: yeah, because it was kind of uh, the idea of you know being a part of the turning of the philosophical age as above so below as the yeah, heavens yeah, manifest yeah. so we manifest on earth you know
1: yeah all um, right there is one uh you mentioned it a few times out, uh, druids
0: yeah it's the druids are interesting um it, it, it. You get into the whole baal worship um which leads us into you know like the burning man festival um and like the ideas of the wicker man um yeah the wicker man. Quality yeah. Film. yeah, it is. It is, um, and both of them—the old one and the Nicholas Cage one—I like both. Of you them. know,
1: right? You know, right? The old one is a classic. I remember oh, watching yeah. that when I was a kid. But yeah, the Nick yeah. Cage one, right? Yeah. People call it, but I'll tell you what, mate—that is a, a quality remake. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: believe. But, have but you watched? Uh, old... Have you watched what's it called now? Uh, Color out of space. What is it? It's called Colour Out of Space. It's a, uh, no. it's a HP Lovecraft Lovecraft story no. And Nicholas Cage is in it, mate. Oh, honestly, yeah. mate, it is brilliant and he plays yeah. a brilliant part in it.
0: I bet. I bet. If you oh. like
1: HP Lovecraft, you'll like that. Oh,
0: dude, I'm hardcore into HP Lovecraft. So oh, what's yes, it called? Space. Clouds of space?
1: Colour. Colour.
0: Colour of space. Okay. The colour oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah.
1: space. Oh, yeah, color out yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know space. that that story for sure.
1: Let's, I'll tell you what, are we finished. I'll find
0: the link and
1: send it to you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you can um, stream <laughs> so, it, mate.
0: So I'm trying to find my little book here. There was something I wanted to. So that that's the whole thing, that black cube of Saturn, right? Um yeah. in, in one of the HP Lovecraft stories, um, he actually talk talks about um a stone. Um and I wish I knew where that book was. Let me look over here. Hmm. I usually have it handy, um, but nonetheless, what it, he says that the Yugoth basically created this stone on an, on another planet and brought it here before humans were even born, and and that um, you know it was basically a stone that allowed you to see into two dimensions simultaneously well, like?
1: would that be like similar to like a scrying mirror
0: i believe so
1: Ah, yeah. I thought, yeah. oh, what's it called yeah. is it called oh.
0: let me see i'm pulling up my
1: i know what i could i know the name of it and uh, i just can't get it out of my head they're actually yeah making that film they're about to make. i think it might be Thinking. Del Toro might be making it. I think. Oh, what's he called now? She's <laughs> <just> got me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I wish I could find this. um But nonetheless. um yeah, it, it's, it was said to be I, – I, tracing it in, it was said to be in between two different crystalline structures um, that were uh, 2.333 and 4.333. So this is actually – the cubic structure was like a 3.333 cubic structure, um, yeah. which was two triangles stacked on top of – so imagine um, two prisms – Almost right. Uh, yeah. So, like an elongated triangle, and then and and you would have a square on the bottom, and you would essentially stack them. So it was the same shape as like the Viking stones that they used yeah. for navigation, that they could see the sun. But this was a black stone that had a cloudy black appearance that allowed you to back to the scry, the idea of scrying, right? Um, but this is the stone um, that was in Tibet. Um, that was said to be broken up into numerous pieces and scattered through the lands. And basically some of the pieces went to um, Petra, where uh, Muhammad's grandfather was worshipping the 365 idols before they condensed them into the singular black cube that became the cube of Mecca. Um, And some of those stones went to um south america um some of the one of those stones went to rome um and some of those stones also went to the castle at edinburgh in scotland where they actually were said to have used them in the foundational cornerstone laying ceremony to build the castle itself you know right yeah so when when we look at masonic ties into religious ties um and look at the the fact that you know um it's just interesting um like how queen elizabeth says she's related to the prophet muhammad um oh yeah yeah um and and it's just interesting how i think a lot of this uh these bloodlines um these the bloodlines of the drago so the dragon bloodline um essentially tie back into um this this philosophy of this black cube or the idea of uh messing with time essentially you know
1: yeah yeah um
0: well back back to ariman
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah yeah so that was the whole idea that when the creation came into being um that essentially um ariman was an abortion of the creation um and i think that very much ties in with the mythos of uh, the gnostic sophia and how when sophia um was basically that that uh, Yaldabaoth was born as far as the serpent with the the lion head you know that was the that was the the insane god that that was the mad god you know that rules over this realm and that's where then you get into the god above god or the eye above eye or the this the you know and essentially um there there even is a lot to be said as far as tracing the idea of um Yahweh, who was a storm god, um, into this this similar kind of of philosophy, um, as far as being a wrathful and jealous god, and you know, and and um when you get into uh the sacrifices as far as the holocausts and how they would burn certain portions of the animal, you know, and and essentially the idea of the holocaust is you burn it to such an extent that there's nothing left for man. It all goes to the gods or to the god the god per se um so it's it's you know you have this idea of of this energy that comes in um and and but with ariman um you like we were how we were tying it into materialism where essentially um you know they want you it's it and back to uh jacob's ladder when um in that whole story, at one point, um, it, rum like in the Hebrew texts, the heavens and all of time space like rumble. And this voice comes forth while Jacob is seeing all of time laid out like a blueprint before him in his night journey. Um, essentially this voice comes and, and talks about um, the the fallen one that had come down to set up a a simulation inside the simulation essentially a, a system within the system that supersedes the system so that he can control the system you know so, and, he, and he talks about how he'll build it up but it's it's going to fall you know and and basically he'll end up locked in the you know tartarus you know um but but it's the idea that um that 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 this force comes down into creation and sets up a system within the system that we have to be dependent upon and, it, and it's like you know when you look at the technocracy and the panopticon and kind of like being in a prison where we're all being watched and we know we're being watched so we kind of self-edit um and and you look yeah. at you look at what's going on in Shanghai right now, as far as them having to hold their QR codes up to get into the grocery store, or get into work, or get in, you know, and they have to That's stay. ridiculous. Current. Yeah, they have to stay current on this unnatural process that the technocracy with your social credit score controls, you know, yeah. and and it's so they've they've essentially, um, in my opinion, um, set up a system within inside the system. And, and they're trying to remove everyone from from the nature that that we are bound to as human beings, of you know, earthly beings. Um, and they're trying to basically bring us into that that, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a luciferic or a, you know you could call it Satanic in the sense that shaitan... Um, in in the Persian culture, was considered to be the adversary. So Thank this you. is an ad- adversarial position where they're they're putting us in a position where they are making themselves our adversary. Yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: uh, you know the H.P. Lovecraft, Robert. Is it from Beyond?
0: From Beyond, I I'll find it. Challenge from Beyond that story. Yeah, yeah. So and this what
1: this has got uh, a yeah. An unusual crystal uh, mm. that possibly came from times of Sumeria, right. back further. And it has it's a peculiar cube-shaped quartz, uh, and had a disc inside inscribed with peculiar cuneiform writing. Right. I don't know if that is if that's it, but
0: that sounds very, that sounds very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah and and yeah it's it's you know the the longer i I look at all this stuff the the more I see it's just one long enfolding system slowly encapsulating and drawing you know trying <laughs> to literally draw the. The minds of men into you know, and we're at the point now where the transhumanists are even talking about, you know, oh, you're going to be able to upload your mind into the, you know, like like you you could beat death, you know. And yeah, well, it's you know, met- met- the metaphors and all on and all eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, what what's your thoughts on CERN?
0: <laughs> CERN, yeah, you know, and they've got Shiva. Um, doing the dance of destruction there yeah. above the well, but Shiva you know she does her dance, but that also facilitates the bringing in or the creation of the new, so as much as she is the annihilator, she is also the, the creator. As well. right, yeah. Yeah.
1: so oh, all um, chaos,
0: yeah. yeah, very much, very much, um, and also when you get into the idea of looking at you know the current personifications of the idea of the great reset, you know. And And how they're t- literally trying to fabricate you know this this system above the system um that that you know, yeah, it's it's very you know, go
1: ahead you know uh, I, you've just been achieving that the at uh, CERN mm. uh, what What would you think that the links are to because the temple of Apollo is close to CERN as well?
0: Yeah, and, you know, Apollo um, being a Hyperborean, um, coming with his medicinal gardens, bringing the apple tree um, and the all-heel or the druidic um, uh, mistletoe, you know, which was thought to be a plant from from the lunar time, um, which would be Lemuria, you know, that basically when the moon exited the earth um that uh within the cosmic alchemical workings um that essentially the mistletoe remained behind you know um but but apollo is also um the one who is bound in the bottomless pit that flutters in the eternal darkness you know and and basically is in a state of of death and constant dreaming you know waiting for that that omega point of release very yeah. much like S- chronos waits in the cube in the center of the earth for that liberty point uh very much like you know it's it's just interesting how all these stories kind of uh if you had transparencies they kind of overlay one another
1: <laughs> you really do don't <laughs> well
0: yeah yeah so so i think what we're dealing with oh, oh but i wanted to tell you about uh The Scythians, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, But 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 I think uh, to a great extent, when you look at at uh, Ham bringing in the religious worship and and, you know, um, in that early Ethiopian Kushite setting um, that that it's it's much like with the media and television now, you know, everyone spends multiple hours in front of multiple types of, of scrying devices basically um that are connected in with this this panopticon hub you know that is sending out the programming that is you know so basically they are they are um you know and this gets into the some of the deep deepest darkest like atlantean black magic that, that i can associate is when you steal other people's attention and yeah. you essentially use their energetic forces to manifest your vision you know and and i think it's uh you know people you know when you get into the idea of spelling becoming spells and grammar becoming you know it, it just it, as far as the uh the different you know um great uh what's the word i'm looking for the magical texts that are based on, the, you know, but but you can just see it fall in symbols as far as using symbols, you know, to instill certain thought forms within the mystery schools. And then up into Rome and how Rome stole all those symbols from the ancient cultures and then how those Roman symbols, you know, tie right into the modern fasci. That is on the two sides of the United States Senate that ties it's into, a, yeah. you know, the obelisks that are in all these cities, and like in London, how you have the black dragons, you know, all over the place, and it's it's uh, it's quite interesting, man. Um, it's and I, very I, interesting. I, man? <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's a game they've been playing for a long time, and now that they have the uh, technocratic aspects of it. Um, they're able to more scientifically attune it yeah you know and and so now in egypt right um, you had the goddess tech so when you get into technology right and she basically was the moon goddess so they would basically um tech time through the the moon calendar right during this time and they would would that be the
1: same goddess as diana
0: yes tying right. through tying through yeah um anana ishtar coming right into you know the greek and diana and um so uh essentially they would take a palm branch right and they would fold they would basically weave the palm branch through the course of the turning of the heavens and and it would tell you that as far as how the night skies were turning and you could tell where you were at within the system and they called this tecking. Right. So that was the first technology. Right. Um, but then the techia. Right. Or the techie now, as we call them, were the ones who were attached to the tech or the technology. So these terms go all the way back into the most ancient philosophies that we have. And to to spark the need fire to light the wicker man. That was that was called um. Teching the flame you know so it's and and hey, there was go ahead
1: you are blowing my mind with all this stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but uh and, and also now you have two different types of fire in the ancient world right you yeah. had what they called the earthly fire which was more associated with fires that came from lava or from natural like burning tar um, and then you had what they called heavenly fire, which was associated back to um, the lightning aspect. And yeah. and they would actually, you know, go to lightning strikes to get this heavenly fire. And it was said to be more sacred. Right. And then eventually through time, um, like in South America, once a year, they would put out all the fires in the whole village in these Mayan and Aztec cultures, right? And they basically had a, a lens that they created where they would focus the the light of the sun and start the 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 heavenly fire on earth. And then once all the fires were out on that rate you know that sacred ritual day um of regeneration, probably a spring ritual, um they would basically light that new heavenly fire and the whole village would share that heavenly fire for warmth and to cook their food and it was like a very sacred thing yeah, you know yeah. so this, I, yeah yeah it's uh but but it's just wild how it ties in man you know yeah um, yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i've got i've got my i'll tell you what, let me count i've got like what five pages of, of like notes for <laughs> what i'm gonna look yeah. into nice. um A lot of this stuff, I I, I wasn't aware of, it's incredible.
0: And that's just off the cuff, man. Yeah, I (laughs) know. So, man, I've got, so this last couple years, so during this last couple years here, during COVID, I basically just really started digging in and... I've got like uh, these uh, – they're record books that are – I don't know. They're probably three or 400 pages, and I've, I'm on the third one right now. So I've got oh, about 800 wow, pages of late-night ramblings, you know, and – can tell you what, I, man, Don't stop. Yeah, don't it's, stop. it's lo- yeah. what I love to – and you see also how I take that and I incorporate that into the artwork.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah it's, it's cool to say that then. Yeah. It's reflective. Uh, yeah your your artwork is it's incredible it really is
0: thanks man i'm trying to like put like you know positive aspects of of the manifest you know world into you know thought form basically yeah yeah. um but yeah so the one thing that i wanted to tell you um that that i had in mind that i wanted to talk about while we were doing this um was back to the scythians right yes um When uh, when you get into the the Atari Mountains, um, and this is actually in the Siberian region of Russia, in into Kazakhstan, um, but they have this stuff that that they pull out of the mountains called uh, Shaljit, which is like the blood of the mountains is what they call it, and it's actually like a secretion. Um, That leaks out of the sides of the mountains and the ancient uh, wizards and the ancient magicians used to harvest this stuff and basically use it to to reach higher enlightenment, enlightened states. Right. Um, But in modern terms, they've done research on it and it's full of all these trace minerals that your body needs to function. And it's also high in fulvic acid which reduces inflammation um so you know before we got on i took probably a rice grain size of the Shaljit, um, which ties into the story um in the uh atal or atari mountains um of the scythians um because somebody brought up scythians the other day and they were talking about how they related back to the um sintashta people from about 2200 bc right. um But these people came down into the steppe um, and basically in these mountains, um, they have found ancient um, burial tombs, right, Um, that are essentially um, covered mounds um, that when they went down into them, they're completely preserved in ice and some of the some of the uh, grave robbers had actually gone in and used pick pickaxes to take some of the stuff out but they couldn't get through all the ice because it was so deep so they used like a melting water process to basically pump the like hot water process to pump the ice out and they, they found these tombs of these ancient scythians that were essentially um in sarcophagus um with with these they had like black mirrors they had turquoise they had tomahawks they had um these early anguiped representations of these beings with like um snake legs um snake they, legs yeah much like the starbucks logo is is a sky you, think,
1: you know what you yeah. mentioned then just to think right uh, with state legs right mm. the the sarmatians uh, which mm. were Scythians. They, right. they wore um, a, a green-scaled armor, um, right? and they call them the, the reptiles or the lizard people. Do you think that yes. will have anything to do with the – or have a connection to do with the tombs, what were found in Siberia?
0: Well, and yeah. Oh, yeah. That is these people. That is these people. Right, right. Um, but essentially, these were very much like the Egyptian tombs but they were under mounds and completely frozen in ice. And there's a Bob Dylan song called ISIS where he talks about uh, getting hauled away by a stranger to go raid a, like a, and you assume it's an Egyptian tomb, but he doesn't say, but it's this, this, you know, tomb that's all encrusted in ice, you know? Yeah. And and when I found this story, I was like, Whoa. Um, Cause it very much made me think of that Bob Dylan song um and this is in a book from 1973 it's scythian art um that i picked up at this old book barn i used to go to before he that's a good scythian. find that man to, oh, something like yeah. this really yeah. that. um but it's just interesting how much um these tombs in a very similar fashion tie into the tombs and how we see the pharaohs um you know entombed and these are the same people that came down and spread into mesopotamia and became wrapped up in the sumerians and spread into egypt and became and are associated with um set or um you know um seth of the bible you know so it's, it's yeah because and also this they're the scythians or um what do they call them in the bible they, they're also essentially related with the tribe that um that abraham came out of you know right yeah yeah Yeah. so we see this this long play of of the cult of time like facilitating merging you know controlling dominating using these gods and these mystery schools like transmuting through samaria and into you know well you know egypt samaria um into uh, the Greek titomancy and into the Roman mythology, you know. I mean, and even like uh, the White House in the United States was the name of the Egyptian bank, you know. They called it. Essentially, the translation is the White House, you know. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> the fact that you know Capitol Hill is built on Capitoline Hill, which is you know the Capitoline Hill of Rome. You know, and both Washington, D.C. and Rome are the cities of Saturn, you know, and so we can kind of just just follow this mythos right up into the modern, you know. And, And when you get into Enoch and the fallen angels and the idea that they came down to corrupt the flesh of humankind to stop the generation into matter, and then you look at these elect or what what a lot of people refer to as the elite, going back to the idea of El, you know, which is which is one of the names of the storm god of Yahweh. Um, okay. Essentially, um, they are facilitating, you know, um, eugenics and and bringing about a lot of, you know, uh, uh, messing with the fundament the like the fundamental aspects of what the human is, especially when you look at these recent ATIP documents that they were talking about with the uh, Skinwalker series on Occult Rejects. Yes, um, yes, really yeah, it absolutely yeah. really is so, so they are literally working to facilitate being able to program and control and I've heard in the this was years in the past, um, that that the DNA itself is actually a photon accelerator Um, and that when the dna folds in on itself um, and spins the energetic energy through itself that it's basically generating photons um, which i have heard people relate to the idea that that generation of photons in the dna is actually what's allowing us to scale the timeline that it's 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 what allows time to be processed in a linear fashion you know so if they can go in and fundamentally alter what it means to be human they can fundamentally alter what it what time is um yeah, i've also heard so. yeah. that yeah that the waveform that's created from the dna is essentially what we what we relate to the heart the heart shape and right. As far as the energetic form itself, and that heart shape or that heart form um, is essentially what allows um, the energetic um, energy or the soul force within us to be able to come down into matter and nest in the blood, and which also allows us to transmute and ascend, you know, dimensional aspects, you know, of time and space. So. <laughs> We you know and and when you look at the idea that maybe some of these forces um from a gnostic perspective might be trying to keep us in matter itself, so that you know as far as how we fell down and we forgot who we were, then we got locked into this cycle of reincarnation i mean what if what if you know um they're maybe trying to even drag us down to a to a more crystalline form of of you know matter you know um it's just interesting and i'm not saying any of it's true i'm just saying the way it all lines up it's quite odd and quite interesting simultaneously
1: yeah i don't i i fully agree with you because uh is it all a coincidence yeah i doubt it i yeah, doubt yeah. it
0: my wife says there's no coincidences and there's no accidents <laughs> now so, your wife's
1: right <laughs> your wife's correct
0: you know it's uh yeah yeah, it's quite, it's quite, And that's the whole thing I've noticed, man, is, you know, when I'm out on the road and when I'm going and I'm doing, you know, in my flow state, um, it's, it's, you live in a constant um, energetic rounding of synchronicities and, yeah. and it, it becomes so fluid um, and I almost think that the synchronicities, when you start to see synchronicities on such a regular basis, um and and become like fluid and living within the the synchronistic aspect of manifestation um i think that the universe is really telling you that you might be on an appropriate path towards um knowing yourself and and seeing higher aspects of what reality can be and can bring you know yeah for sure mate, for sure yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i tell you what mate that, uh, that was uh Fascinated from start to end, uh, Robert. That's um, fun. <laughs> I, I I would love to uh, do another show with you, please. <laughs>
0: I yeah, think, um... um, I would say right now I'm about to take off for for uh, I don't know a little while on the road. I got to go yeah. do do some you know shows, and uh, it just it gets crazier, man. Um, I just found out I got a concert poster I got to do for a show. Um, in california and i'm gonna nice have to screen. i'm gonna have to turn it out while i'm at a festival in michigan before <laughs> i go to a festival in missouri to sign other posters it's crazy man really and, and I, mean, I was i was not planning on wanting to leave it after this last two years man i was not wanting to leave but i think the universe is literally like hustling me out the door at this point
1: yeah yes you know, right uh well do you want to let everyone know where they get get old you mate and then when we've stopped recording it, we can have a little chat yeah. there if you
0: want um my website is marks marks m-a-r-x-m-a-r-x.com um i'm on instagram um i'm on facebook um let me see i'm on uh discord um let's see but in, my instagram handle for anybody wanting to know is Uh, I'm trying to get to the top Here we go Um, It's Robbie R-O-B-B-Y M-A-R-X And on Facebook I'm r.marks.marks And Twitter I'm at Marks M-A-R-X Robbie R-O-B-B-Y And With all that You can find the other stuff So
1: Sound mate Brilliant Uh, Once again Robbie, (laughs) That was mind blowing Uh, Thank you very much Thank you very much, sir. Uh, I will stop the God now.